Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one sad, sad minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. Yeah, for real. Um, I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about minute 87, which starts with Thaden finishing his line from yesterday. Uh, He says, uh, now it shall cover the grave of my son. And it ends with... Uh, a close-up shot of Thaden crying. Yep. It sure does. Mm-hmm. Gandalf is kind of trying to comfort him. Gandalf is... He's trying not to overstep his boundaries here, I think. Gandalf is like that friend who doesn't know how to comfort people, but wants to help anyway. Mm. Like... Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll patch you softly and go there, there. I am, I am here. <laughs> I am here. I am comforting. That came out like K-9. Um, Just, yeah, a little bit. Like a, like a little robot. <laughs> a little robot dog. Like a little robot program for bedside manners. Isn't that just Baymax? Yeah. But Baymax doesn't sound like that. He does a little. He sounds like blah, la la la. Yeah, but he does the robotic stuff here and there. Yeah. Like the really robotic speech pattern. But he also makes funny noises and loves hairy babies, otherwise known as kittens. Hairy baby. But that's that's far away. It's far away. I don't even know if, like, I can't even say wrong show because I don't even know if that's a thing. But, like, wrong movie. Wrong movie. It's, uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. I like, uh, I, I really like what Theoden says across this, this little speech of his, uh, talking to Gandalf about the loss that he's feeling. Yeah. He just needs to, he just needs to tell somebody and Gandalf happens to be waiting around for, for Theoden to kind of do something. No, I, I don't think, I mean, yes, that's literally what his mission is, but at the same time, like, they... Gandalf died. Yeah. So Gandalf, I think, has... I mean, Gandalf's not mortal, but he... He knows more about this subject than most people. Yeah. And I think that because Theoden just, like, woke up, basically, yeah. uh, he's probably feeling more than a little lost. And Gandalf is, like, supposed to be guiding the the men hmm. towards um, Iluvatar's purpose anyway, right? Like, that's literally his job. So, yeah, that's, that's like, that's part of his job as a Maiar, like, to do Iluvatar's will. Yeah, so, Gandalf as counselor to kings uh, makes sense to me. 
Yeah. He's like, he's like, you keep talking about King Arthur. He's like the Merlin. Yeah, he is in in this this scenario. He, he is like Merlin. The um, the the commentaries have some stuff uh, to say about this scene and about Gandalf, kind of like in this movie. Peter Jackson says that Gandalf isn't really himself in this movie. He's not really himself until the third movie. He's still getting used to being Gandalf the White, and he's very like laser focused and not really like not really comfortable in in this new skin yet which is why he comes off as so like rough around the edges in movie two that makes sense uh he literally died yeah exactly (laughs) and he is he is in some ways a different person than he was before right and they also talk, uh, he all, Peter Jackson also talks about, uh, how much he loved, uh, Bernard Hill's performance in this movie and how, when he originally was like putting stuff together, he originally had Bernard Hill in mind to play Gandalf. Hmm. And when they had decided, when, they decided on Ian McKellen, and they're like, well, Ian, McKe- Ian McKellen is the perfect Gandalf. Peter Jackson still wanted Bernard Hill involved in some way, and Theoden seemed like the, the perfect part to give him. Yeah. And in the actor commentary about this scene, Bernard Hill kind of gushes a little bit about how talented he felt like Peter Jackson was as a director for this scene in particular. Okay. Because Bernard Hill's instinct was to, like, build to the breakdown across each line and get, like, more and more grief-stricken with each line. But Peter Jackson wanted him to hold it and hold it and hold it until that last line he speaks. Yeah. And then let it all break. Yeah. And the last line that Thaden says in this scene, uh, no parent should have to bury their child, is something that Bernard Hill wanted to add to this movie. He, uh, he kind of tells us a little, he tells this little story and, uh, the long and short of which is he met a woman, uh, whose child had died in a terrorist attack in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And he played, uh, he was in a movie that had to do with like the, the IRA and like the aftermath of some of that, some of that stuff. And the woman like expressed a lot of gratitude to him for his role in the movie and like bringing more attention to these sorts of things. And she said that to him, that no parent should have to bury their child. Mm -hmm. And it hit him so hard that when he, and then when he was doing this, he, he really felt like he needed to like express that again. Like he needed to make that a part of this scene. Yeah. And it is a very powerful line. And the way that he breaks down really, really sells it. It feels true to like how grief works, right? Like, because especially, I mean, right? Like he literally just buried his his child, so. But, I think. Uh, from like a personal experience, like grief never really goes away; it just kind of settles. Mm. and sometimes it just kind of like 
smacks you in the face and is just like, hey, hey. Remember me? Be sad. And especially when you're dealing with the loss of a family member, like, the amount of, like, raw emotion balanced out with, like, the amount of just, like, void that you have to, like, I don't know, like, it's, because the emotion is so overwhelmingly difficult and present to deal with, like, the answer is to go to the other extreme, which is just, like, feeling and expressing nothing to, like, Mm. get you through whatever you need to get through. Yeah. And, like, this, the way that he's speaking and the way that he's just, like, like, he feels the need to say these things, whether or not Gandalf's listening, I feel like. Yeah. And he, his expression is just so, um, like, neutral and calm up until the point where it's not. Right. When he, when he, when he finally kind of, when he says it, when he says the thing that yeah. he really is, like, trying to get at. Yeah. And that feels very true to me because, mm. like... Yeah, like, because his actor's instinct, right, would be to build to this, build to the dramatic part of the scene. Right. But that's not really how grief works. That's not really how grief works. Like, it can sometimes, but like, and everyone grieves differently, but this personally felt, feels more true, especially mm. rewatching this now. Right. Um, yeah, because P- Peter Jackson really wanted him to wait till he said the line, like wait till he finishes his speech, then break, and then like the the hold and Gandalf trying to give him comfort is like an important part of like the tail end of this moment. Yeah, and the length of time that we we hold on Theoden is really really heart wrenching to see this this guy who so obviously was once so strong and together and confident in his person, like someone who carries himself in a way that like he was in control and in charge and kind hearted. And to see him break like this is just heart wrenching. Mm. I like, I like that we get vulnerable Theoden before we get like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like, badass Theoden, Mm. because this moment, to me, informs the rest of his character's motivations throughout the rest of this movie. Yeah. And, like... Because he taught... He, uh... Right near the beginning of this minute, he says, like, the line of something like, alas, that these dark days are mine. Mm -hmm. That I would live to see the end of my house. Yeah. And it's one thing to, like live to see the end of your line but like also to see the end of your people who are like entrusted to you you know yeah because i yeah because i i get the sense that like theoden doesn't just mean like my royal line is gone like i think he thinks of rohan as like his house it's it's his home in like a big h sort of way oh and he considers all the people here to be important to him and he knows the storm is coming he knows it's the end like 
Or at least he feels it is. Yeah. And Gandalf is here to just like, Gandalf is trying to, to remind him that, you know, this, this wasn't your fault. Uh, Theodred, Theodred was an awesome dude. And I'm sure that, you know, the afterlife that I know is very real. Theodred will be fine. <laughs> it would have been very easy for them to like writing this line to kind of make it a little cloudier by saying the halls of Mondos. And I'm, they, they didn't, which I'm happy that they, you know, they restrained themselves on that front as often as possible. Well, the halls of, the halls of your fathers, I like because we have, you know, he, he talks about his, um, the, the generations yeah, the, of kings that came before him. Yeah, the, so the tombs line, of my forebears. <laughs> yes. Um, so that line ties directly into, like, plus, like, the, the feeling of, like, evoking, um, like, Viking culture and stuff. Yeah. So that makes sense. I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad, yeah, I'm, I've never really thought about it that way, but yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that, because then it's just like, oh, what's that? It, like, detracts from the, the right. emotional impact of the moment. Right. The best, I, I absolutely agree with, uh, with, the uh, the art, the art commentary, uh, everyone who's part of the the design commentary that brings this up over and over again all the best world building really in this these movies is the stuff that isn't focused on that makes it feel like a lived-in world Mm -hmm. like the the ruins in the background and the the overburied stuff or the really the really worn details on things that make them look old Mm -hmm. Uh, the fact that all these little props are handmade Right. The fact that some of these mounds are small, like, and it shows you the age. Because I've always liked the symbol moon of flower too. I've, I, I, which they've also talked about in the commentary. I like the idea of like this flower that that only grows on graves. That's that's the thing that's just like not a not, and can't really be real. Right. It's it's this because this whole time we've been talking about how grounded Rohan is in um reality I guess yeah it 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 definitely feels the most grounded of the the civilizations that we interact but with but i like the the subtle fan like fantasy nature of like a flower that only grows on graves mm. like a magic flower that only but- i don't know only is only nourished by corpses. Yeah. Which is messed up. <laughs> and it's this beautiful little white flower. Right. And I don't know. I the scene is really powerful. It's kinda of hard to watch as an isolated minute. Yeah, for real. For real. Like, I'm not a parent, but Losing someone in your immediate family is is difficult enough. I can't imagine it also being my child. Mm. So you know that you, you know that you have this this nurturing protective instinct for for their whole life, and then right. they're gone. Like, and yeah, no this this whole scene really informs Thaden's character arc going forward for me because. And again, coming from, like, a personal thing, like, the the way that you counteract this is by 
holding on to the the remaining things around you as tight as possible. Mm. And for Theoden, that is like, I'm I'm a king. I'm responsible for these people. So we are gonna hold on hold on tight. You know, right? Because all Theoden has left is the the people of Rohan. The, right. The the quote unquote common people of Rohan. So he's going to do whatever it takes to protect those people because I feel like there's also, um, like, survivor's guilt. And that's why Gandalf is like, you know, it wasn't your fault. But sometimes you being helpless to do anything makes it worse. Like, right. him, like, it wasn't his fault, but he feels like, as as Theodred's father and his king, I, I bet he probably feels like he should have done something. Like he should have been strong enough to resist whatever Wormtongue was doing. Right. And it's it's all just a part of the process. Like, so now to make up for that, he's going to over well, right. It's an overcorrection. Yeah. yeah, it's an overcorrection. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. So this whole portrayal of, of grieving loved ones just feels very um, real to me. Mm. Uh, yeah, this this is a hard minute to watch out of context. Gandalf's trying. He's here. I mean, Gandalf is practical. He's he's comforting, but he's also practical about his comfort, which is nice but also like not when you're like this Gandalf and then he just Gandalf just continues to stand there yeah well he doesn't want to leave Theoden alone yeah everyone else walked like how long like Theoden's just been staring at the door of that tomb while everyone else walked home yeah and Gandalf is just like "Are, are you okay Hey, 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 buddy, you okay? And then, he, then, like, just staring at the fire, symbol. Yeah. He just starts this. Just starts talking. I don't think he's been out there for hours, but it's definitely been like at least thirty minutes. It's been a while. The sun's coming down. Yeah. Natural lighting, by the way. Oh, it's gorgeous. How'd they do that? They, they just filmed it when the sun was going down. Wow. They call that out in the the production commentary, I think. To the production or uh, to the production or the cast commentary, I can't remember which. They call it that. Like, this is natural lighting in this these this scene, and until the when the kids show up, mm. that's all natural lighting through there. That's awesome. This is a really heavy minute, and uh, <laughs> that's all I had to say about this minute. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh, Bernard Hill cries beautifully. Yeah. He's got the... He ugly cries very beautifully. Right. Like, but he, like, goes for it, too. Yeah. He does. Has he ever played Macbeth? I don't know, but I want that. I want... I want this. This yeah. is the thing that I want. Definitely. He he must. Yeah, he had to have. Like, I, I can... I can... I can see... The whole thing in my head. I'm too lazy to Google. With Bernard right Hillis Macbeth, like I can, I can just see it, I can hear it. Oh, like, look it up after we're done recording. 
So we're from the website Dueling Genre, which also has a bunch of other podcasts. Duelinggenre.com. Yes. Duelinggenre.com. Which also has a bunch of other podcasts uh, like uh, Geek by Night and Immunities, which are a couple of audio dramas. Uh, speaking of grief. Speaking of grief. <laughs> um, the Doctor's Companion, which Cassandra also hosts. The Protagonist Podcast, which uh, Cassandra and I are going to be either ha- either have or will be guests on pretty shortly. A couple of recent episodes. They're probably more ahead in their schedule than we are, so. <laughs> that's, that's likely. It's quite likely. They got their stuff together over there. <laughs> yeah. And Countdown to Infinity uh, just wrapped up. It's in, it's here. It's here. It's, Infinity is here. The countdown has ended. Right. And what a... Well, I'm not... That's not the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for joining us today, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about uh, more sad kings and kids fleeing war. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> This is a real doozy of a week. Yeah. Hope everyone has a great rest of their Tuesday. (laughs) Bye.